Mitlebele, mi tu, asburgu guzo. Ah, ya bona sinyo glada today. Today now is today now is sticky. Amen. Amen. Today I'm on you, man. I am on you. Anyways, we going to bless Barama Sango today. So I, I, I preached one message. I can't remember what it was. And like signing wise. So this was no hey food is December morning. I was happy because it shows that what we teach works. What we teach is truth. You see, truth convicts you. And then it compels you to change, to align with it. And we are going to bless you. Not now, but we are going to bless you. Amen. So I uh, believe families are here. Sanmonan, Ninjani. Can you all just give them a warm welcome, please? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit's tabernacle. Amen. Yeah. Lovely of you to have us and to come witness the blessing ceremony of Chris. Give me volume here. I don't want to have to shout. Did you fix it? You had a seven days. God created the whole world in six days. You had seven days just to fix one little thing. And you can't fix it in seven days. Oh, well. So, uh, thank you all for coming. Praise the Lord. We hope you enjoy your stay here. I trust you will. I trust you will. I trust I'll see some of you uh, round two next time. Praise God. Well, um, let's look at the scriptures for a while. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Okay, this side, Romans 10. The other side, Genesis 1. This side, Romans 10. This side, Genesis 1. Let's start this side. Genesis 1, please. Verse 1. Only Genesis 1, verse 1. Let's read. Come on, read it like you awake. When? Who? Did what? What? And the earth. So, who created the heavens? Who created the earth? So, creation is a product of God. Agreed? So, it is God that created the world. Okay, you, Psalm 1, I mean Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. Before I teach you on what I want to teach you, I want to establish something. Chris, this thing is still doing. I don't like it. When are all your cables get messed up? How many things must I buy? 
Read it. The, the earth is. So who does this earth belong to? Yeah. Yeah. And they, the world, the world, and they that dwell therein. So the earth, the world, and the components of the world or the earth belong to? They belong to? They belong to? So who does this earth belong? Who's the landlord of the earth? Ramaphosa? Rothschild? Rockefeller? The UN? Yeah? G8? Russia? China? Who does this earth belong to? Who is the landlord? Who has the, the title deeds of all land on earth? Who? Who? So, in life, who has the final say? You sure? Yeah? You sure? You sure, 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 sure. All right. Well, whether you're sure or not, that's what the Bible says. That it is God who is the author of creation, the author of life. Right? So if you want to know or understand life, where do you go? University of Pretoria. Harvard. If you understand life, where do you go? Long primary school. Yeah? Transmart World School. Where do you go? So, success or failure in life depends on the understanding that comes from where? The Republic of South Africa? From where? So the foundation of any man's life is strong or weak on the basis of his relation to because God is the author of So there is no professor that is alive that can successfully teach you about life So the 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 greatest philosophers and their greatest philosophies cannot adequately communicate to you what life is. You need to go to. If I write a book, right, no matter how many times you may read the book, to comprehend what was written there, you need the author's input, right? Right? Because the book belongs to the author. It's the same with life. You don't take Mercedes-Benz to BMW. Right? You don't. They are not the manufacturer. So they don't have rights over that car. The rights belong to you will fail or succeed in life on that one precipice. How well you have received understanding from the author of this thing that is called life. Proverbs chapter 3. With them, Proverbs 3, 
verse 19. It says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. So you've got three things there which are components of the creation of the world, right? Is wisdom, is understanding, and knowledge. These three are essential building blocks to life. If these two or three things are not present in a life, failure is imminent. Proverbs 25. Proverbs chapter 24. Or rather, let me read you chapter 24. Let's leave chapter 25. 24, verse 3 to 4. Through wisdom, and house is builded. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all pressures and present riches. He says, a wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. You saw, you saw those three components again? He says, by wisdom a house is built. A life is built. He says, but that it is built does not necessarily mean it will be established. So he says, what establishes a life? He says, understanding. And then he says, through knowledge, riches are brought in. So you may have wisdom and have a house. But he says, without understanding, it will not be established. Sooner or later, it will come crumbling down. If you don't know how to maintain it, how to keep it. He says, it will all crumble down. He says, you may have a house and understand how to maintain it. He says, but if you don't have knowledge, he says, riches will not be brought into it. So these are fundamental principles of life. That if a man, and, and, and here's the thing, wisdom is not in how old you are. Age does not necessitate the accumulation of wisdom. There are people who are old, but they are fools. Who are old and they are failures. So wisdom is not in age. Because wisdom is a spirit. Is a spirit. And it, and it does not depend on how old you are. So you may be young and wise. You may be old and foolish. The other way around. So you are convinced, right? That God is the author of life. God is the one that writes things here in life. Agreed? 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 Alright. You there? Romans chapter 10. So you can't argue with the set ways or the set principles that God has set in place for a man to live his life here on earth successfully. Because you agree that it is God. Not governments or world leaders that authored life. Right? Romans chapter 10. Am I right? You there? Read verse number... Read from verse... Let's take it from verse... Six. 
verse 6. Let's read. Yeah, oh, but the righteousness of faith speaks. The righteousness of faith does not think. It does not. Now, okay. The righteousness of faith, what does it mean? Okay? Go to chapter 4, we'll come back there. Because he says the righteousness of faith does what? Speaks. The righteousness of faith does what? Romans chapter 4. Are we there? Verse 13. For the promise that he should be, talking about Abraham, right? That he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through... So, the Bible tells us that God gave the world or deeded the world to Abraham and his seed. Right? And his seed. Not seeds. Seed. And if you read Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says the seed was referring to Christ. So, according to the scripture, the, the title deeds of the world is with Jesus. With Christ. Right? His seed. He says, whose seed we are if we follow the faith of Abraham. But he says, this was given to him through the righteousness of faith. So God gave, promised Abraham and his posterity the world. The? 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 He promised him the world through what? Through the righteousness of faith. So the world was promised and given to Abraham through the righteousness of faith. So we have to understand what is this righteousness of faith that warranted the position or the acquisition of the earth. Because according to scripture the earth belongs to Abraham. The earth, it belongs to Abraham. And the city called paradise, he is the landlord there as well. So he got all these things through the righteousness of faith. And in chapter 10, he says the righteousness of faith speaks in a certain way. So the righteousness of faith warranted, deeded Abraham the world. Now don't look at me like that. I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. So if you want to argue with me, go knock on the doors of God in heaven. So the world belongs to Abraham. Genesis 12. Genesis 12, read from verse number 1. Let's read if you are there. The Lord said unto Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family. <laughs> Let's read it again. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. What? Get out. So it was an urgent call. Get out. Get out where? <laughs> and where? From where? I thought family is forever. Yeah? I thought, but let's be sad. We are a family. G 
God is telling a man to leave his family. From hey, don't don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Get out of your country, shall we understand, right? But then he, he, he says, get out of where? Ow. Kimurium. Yeah? Kimurium. I'll get out from. Yeah? You see, just in case you, you will try to, you know, you will try to find a way to keep your family. God went further and he said, from your father's house. Yeah? Yeah? Wait. So, geography was essential or the location that Abraham was in was essential or played a role in what he became. So God couldn't do or initiate or commence what he intended to do with his life until he left. So until he left, his destiny was dormant. His destiny remained unactivated. The purpose of his life could not be unveiled until he left. This is God. This is God. God says, move. Leave your mother's house, your father's house. Leave your family, leave your country. That means where he was situated was a hindrance to what God wanted to do with his life. So God said, leave. And the Bible says, by faith, by faith he left. By faith he left. To a land which I shall show you. And then God said, I will. Yeah, read. I will make you. Yeah. Mm. 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 And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. But you must leave. Right? Question. Did he believe what God said? Did he believe what God said? I'm asking, did he believe what God told him? All right, chapter 15. Chapter 15. Verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. Right? Verse 2. And Abram said, Lord, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer Damascus. So I'm going to ask again. When God spoke to him, and that's a, that's, this is 25 years later, when God spoke to him, did he believe what God said? Did he? He did not. Otherwise, he would not be asking God this question. Remember, God said, I will make you a great nation. Now, you, you don't start a nation without a family. This guy only had a, husband, a wife and servants, no child. Years later, he's, years later, he's asking God, and now, Skipper, what's going on now? You spoke, but how <laughs> a manifestation. So he says, what would you give me? And Abraham said, behold, thou hast given me no seed. And Lord, one is born in mine house is mine heir. 
And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your end. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be your end. Now, this is, this is where everything changed in Abraham's life. Here. This is where everything changed. This is where the Bible introduces the subject of the righteousness of faith. Here. So he says, and remember, the promise is what? The world. The promise is the world. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell, tell the stars means to count them, okay? Are you there? And do what? And do what? Count the? Now, wait, wait. What do you think he meant there? So God is bringing him outside, right? And he says, look up. Tell the stars. Count the stars. What do you think God is telling him there? How is he going to count them? <laughs> what? How is he going to count the stars? What was God saying? Let me give you a proper word, right? Declare the stars. So, so God took him out and he says, declare the stars. If thou are able to number them, and he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. So he went outside and he was like, one, two. That's what God told him to do. Declare the stars. Three, four, five, six, seven. And it was impossible to tell you all of them. So what was God doing? He was telling him to declare in order to activate something. His imagination. Now we already established that life belongs to God. Right? So, so all the components of life and the principles that govern life are given to us by God. Right? So God is giving this man the whole world. Right? But he's not sitting in an office and they are signing a contract. God is taking him outside and he says, declare the stars. One, two, three. And he says, so shall thy seed be. He spoke or declared before he believed. He spoke before he so faith follows confession, declaration. Right? Read verse 6. Oh, he believed the Lord and what happened? So he believed the Lord and God said, you are righteous. You are righteous. So what is the righteousness of faith? According to here, it is the capability, the ability to believe God. So he was deeded the world according to the righteousness of faith, which believes God. He believed and God said, you are righteous. So what makes faith righteous is the absolute fact that what God says, it is so. You don't need to see what God said in order for it to be true. Seeing it does not make it true. Because of who God is. He is righteous. He is right. God is right about every subject matter. He is right. The outcome of every matter God involves himself in is righteousness. That's what righteousness means. It is the rightness of God. It is a quality that makes what God, whatever he says, however he acts, right. And in this case, 
Abraham acted in accordance to the prescriptions of God and God said, you are righteous. Let's go back to chapter 4, then we go back to chapter 10. Chapter 4. We there, right? For the promise, verse 13. For the promise that it should be heir of all was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. I won't get into that today. Because the law worketh wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, therefore, of faith that by grace, alright? Therefore, of faith that by grace, to the end that the promise might be made sure to all seed. Not that only which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many, before whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Question is, did Abraham become the father of many nations? Did he? Did he? He became the father of many nations. So what God spoke was fulfilled. Right? And Abraham is the pattern for the fulfillment of everything that is of faith. So, if God could give Abraham who was or who had passed the age of childbearing and his wife whose womb was dead a child. That means everybody that follows the pattern of Abraham would receive the same results in every area of their life. So if you would act out the faith of Abraham you would receive Results. Because Abraham is the reference point for faith. So, the, 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 everybody who lived by faith did not receive their promise except Abraham. Let me show you. Hebrews, Hebrews 11 quickly. And then we go to chapter 10. I don't want you to forget verse 18. Who against hope he believed in hope. Hebrews 11. Uh, let's read from verse number 13. Read verse 13. These all died in, yeah, oh, they died not having received, yeah, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that there were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, right, right, so they died, they didn't receive, read 17, yeah, So Abraham, according to the Bible, is the only one that received the promises. These all died in faith. Not having received the promise, but this one, he had received the promise. He had received the promise. What God had promised him. What God had promised him. He says was fulfilled. 
When God took him outside, was there Isaac? Did he have Isaac? Could Sarah bear children? So the fact that he believed God did not change anything natural. Because it's not until chapter 25, 24, 25 that Isaac is born. So he did not change anything. But he believed and God said that's righteousness. That is, that is, so Abraham is the pattern for faith. So you follow the pattern of Abraham, you receive the blessings which accords with his faith. So what then is the righteousness of faith? I said to you, it is believing that what God said or what God promised is absolute. You understand? Let, let me use an example. Let's just say you're dead broke. You know, you're a pauper. You're close to a pauper. Death is ravaging you. And then, you hear God says to you, I'll make you rich. I'll make you rich. Your experience does not agree or align with what God says. You, you are in debt. You are broke. You are empty. So your experience is, is contrast to what God says. Agreed? You don't have money, yet he says I make you rich. Now, what he said did not necessarily change your, your state. What will change it is what you believe. So what is the righteousness of faith? Is believing God irrespective of the external conditions. That because the word has been spoken, it is so. With this, you can change anything in your life. With this. You can change any... Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Are we there? Let's read. While... We do not consider. I want you don't put look there because people think that look and see is the same. So it's not the same. So while we do not, while we consider not, not denial, con, while we consider, yeah. Now, this is God educating us on how to live. Educating us on how to live. He says, while we consider not the things which are seen. He says, you can see it. Right? You can see it. You can see the condition. You can see the state you are in. But he says, do not consider it. That means it is possible not to be affected by your conditions. That what you are going through or what you face, he says it is impossible for it to exist yet not affect you. He says, by you not considering its effects. That is faith. Faith does not deny the existential presence of what you don't desire. It does not deny it. But what faith does, it does not consider its impact on your life. So he says, while we consider not, it, the, the word is scopeo, it means to look through the eyes of a microscope. And that's what many of us do with our troubles. We, we place them under a microscope. No, God says, no, no, you don't, you don't need to do that. He says, don't consider what you see. 
Yeah, but no, no, no. You know, eating this thing, young, young. No, he says, don't consider it. Yeah, I need to pay rent. How am I gonna pay rent? He says, don't consider it. Ah, no, no. Yeah, I need to pay this debt. But he says, don't consider it. He says, if you consider it, you strengthen its reality. You strengthen its time in your life. Because everything that is seen as a time frame. Okay, let's read. What we consider, not the things which are seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. So everything that is experienced, everything that is seen, everything that is materialized in the physical dimension, he says it has an expiry date. So he says, you don't need to consider it because this thing has, is coming to pass. So its existence is not permanent, but you make it permanent by your consideration. This thing is what they have begun to discover in, in, in quantum physics. They say that there's a relationship between consciousness and the movement of particles. So they did an experiment with atomic particles where they put a particle under a chamber, right? And they put some uh, monitoring devices uh, over, over, uh, uh, on, on those particles. And they noticed that when they, when they were looking away from the particles, the frequencies were constant, they were not moving. But they found out that when they gave attention to the particles, the particles localized themselves. So they said that it is strange or it seems that particles observe or are localized by consciousness. So in the quantum realm, the, the physicality of, of, of particles are only present when you are conscious of it. But when you are not conscious of it, it's like they don't exist. It is this scripture. He says you can obliterate your experiences, their existence. He says by not giving it consciousness. For instance, for, let, let me show you this thing. Have you ever been so engulfed in an activity at work or stress or depression and you forgot to eat? And normally when, by the time we better nine, by the time the immediate hotel office will have breakfast. But it, it happened that during that week some things were going on in your life. Right? And you were not conscious of food. And because you were not conscious of food for that period of time, you went the whole day not eating and you were not aware. You were only aware that I, I have not eaten when you see somebody bringing, you know, passing by a marakaj. But throughout, you did not feel any hunger. And you only start to feel hunger when you are, you are aware, I have not eaten. All of a sudden, malahar, no, 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 no. We have not eaten. Why? It's consciousness. It's consciousness. The fact that you are not conscious of food for that particular time and were engrossed in whatever mental or emotional uh, uh, activity you were in, it suspended the need of your body for food. This is how Moses was able to stay on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights without eating. The Bible never said he was fasting. The Bible says he did not eat or drink for 40 days. Why? Because his physical need for food was suspended because of the mental and spiritual activity he was invested in. So because he did not pay attention, pay any consciousness to, to, to the needs of his body, his mind was in God. So he did not need to eat. This is the power of consciousness. This is the power of consciousness. So have you ever been have you ever been busy or been in a place and your 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 mind is processing things and somebody says hi to you and you, do, you don't hear them? Or somebody just passes and then for a moment, a person may pass. If, if your investment or your, the, your mental energy is engrossed in that activity strongly enough, 
a person may pass and may be invisible to your eyes. It's consciousness. He says, while we do not look. So if you look at a problem with your mind, he says you will stay in reality. That's why many people, many people are admitted in hospitals because of depression. The problem is not depression. The problem is that that thing is stayed in their minds. So, it, and, and you must understand with people with depression, their whole world revolves around that particular thing. And sometimes it's not even tied to an event or, 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 or a string of, sequ- I mean, sequences of events. They're just depressed. You ask him what's wrong. And you go to a psychiatrist, psychiatrist gives you antidepressants. Antidepressant doesn't deal with the thing, uh, the problem. And what do antidepressants do? They say, no, it's to balance the chemical things going on there. But the problem with depression is that in, dep- in depression, you are zoned in. Salaman Ali stressed, how depressed? You are zoned in. Why? There was love, wasn't there? There was a spark. Where are you? You zoned in. Or you lost your job. And you're like, oh. Yeah. What's affecting you? Because what's happening to you is not special to you. It's not unique to you. You're not the first person to suffer job loss. I mean, there are millionaires who have their net worth wiped out. And it doesn't even affect them. Three months later, they're back. They're up and running. They're in the millions again. Where now? 250,000 annually. After tax, 108. You bring in the Scopeo. Things you are scopeoing there. You have, you have placed that situation under a microscope. So he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are, they are temporal. In other words, they are subject to change. So everything seen can be manipulated. Anything seen can be manipulated. If it is seen, that means its particles can be altered. Hmm. Okay. Jesus, he sends his disciples away. And then he goes up to pray. And then the Bible says, he saw the wind coming. When he saw the wind... He said, let me go see how they fare. He goes, when he gets on shore, there's no boats. He doesn't say, I'll wait. No, Bob says he walks to them on the water. What made him walk? Was it because he was powerful or Jesus? No, he was faith. He walks on water. When he gets on water, Peter says to him, if it is really you, tell me to come out. And she said, come. To show that this was not something that was exclusive to Jesus alone. But Peter could do it. Right? Peter goes out of the boat. He's walking on the water. He's walking on the water toward Jesus. All of a sudden, he sees a heavy wave coming. And the Bible says he feared and he began to sink. Then he said, Jesus, help me. And Jesus caught him. And Jesus says, why did you not have faith? Why did you fear? Oh, you have little faith. So that means Peter was standing there by faith. So he stood on the water because he responded to Jesus. And because he responded to Jesus, 
He was only conscious of one thing, come. So what he was looking at in his mind, come. When he saw the wave, it changed that thing. This tells you, you can be in faith and doubt in a split second. You can move from faith into doubt in a split second. That's one of the reasons why things don't change in our lives. Because you have to remain in faith long enough for the physical plane to alter. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made from things which are visible. So he says that while we look not at the things which are seen. Yeah? For the things which are seen are what? They are subjected for change. So it can change that thing you are in. That trouble, that circumstance you are facing, it can change. The fact that it is seen means it is alterable. What you are going through is not permanent. It is alterable. But its permanence or its longevity in your life surrounding you is localized by your consciousness. So the, the more you fixate on it, the longer it remains. And that's one of the reasons Jesus said, do not worry. He said, do not be anxious. In other words, don't be stressed. Don't, be, don't allow depression to grip you. Don't allow fear to grip you. Don't allow what? Because those things are hijackers. Once they get in, you're, you're operating, you're operating on, on, on automatic. Your movements are, you, you, are not, you don't plan to act that way. Stressed people don't, they just act. Because the, the, the emotions, the the mindset, the consciousness, you're no longer in control. Something is piloting you. So he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Because when you are anxious, you are hijacked. That means you are, you're, you are no longer in control of your life. Another influence is controlling your life. That's the outcome of your life. Says, who of you by worrying can add a cubit to their life? So he says, read that. But the things which are, he says, look at the things which are not seen. I told you, God is the professor of life. He says, look at the things which are not, what is not seen is the thing you desire. That's what the Bible says, against hope. He believed in hope. In other words, there was no physical hope, no natural hope of Abraham conceiving, of Sarah conceiving, because naturally they were past the age of childbearing. So physically, naturally, there was no hope. But he says against that hope. He believed in spiritual hope, in the hope that what God has spoken, he's able to fulfill. So it's like entering a ring with natural hope and, and spiritual hope. So there was no natural hope. None. And then he said he believed. He believed in hope. He believed in hope. He believed in hope, in spiritual hope. In the hope that God spoke and it is sure. And because he believed, what did he do? He changed his name to agree with what God said. So every time he said, I'm Abraham, I'm father of many nations, I'm Abraham, I'm father of many nations. He did not need to believe. His speaking was lifting there. Mark chapter 11, quickly, before we run into Romans chapter 12 and then we do the blessing. Pay no considerations to the things in your life that you do not desire. Pay no consideration. Yeah, I don't have money. Yeah. He says, don't consider it. It's not a factor. Don't consider it. Consider your hopes. Consider what is not seen. Because he says, what is not seen is eternal. It is the body's Natural order when you have a cut for it to close. 
When you have a cut and it does not close, something is wrong. As culturally we say, you are bewitched. And by the way, what is to be bewitched? When they bewitch you, what do they do? What do they do? What do they do? They cast a spell. Right? And to cast a spell, you must do what? So the thing that's making that hole or that pimple turn into a blister, that blister turn into a hole, what is it? It's words. Nothing else is words. It's words. That's what the Bible says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No any other tongue. It says no any other tongue. The greatest human weapon is the tongue. Is the tongue. The greatest human power is the tongue. Because you believe that this person is in contact with some spirits that give him the power to, to, to make a reality what he speaks. And then when you get there, all he does China. That's what they do. 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 And then all of a sudden, Omagala, but one giant Zalego, Goscolo, Angola, a better conversion. One day, I was going to, uh, they called me at my younger brother's school. So when we got there, it's the school I attended, right? So I was familiar with the teachers and stuff, so, so they knew me. So I got in there. So when I got in there, I got in through the office. So there are two doors, one for visitors and the other when you're coming in, in from the school. So I got in. So it wasn't even 10 minutes while I was there. So I'm there at the receptionist uh, asking to go uh, where my brother's class was. All of a sudden, the teachers, the teachers uh, and the students are bringing in a, a little girl, about 16, 17. They're bringing in, they're carrying her into the office. Girl is like convulsing and speaking some, some stuff, right? So now I'd like to mind my business, right? So... <laughs> They bring her in, so she was carried by two teachers, two teachers that taught me, right? So they carried her in, so they knew I was a pastor, right? So they carried her in, put her there on the, on the reception uh, sofa. So she's there, she's, she's convulsing, people are scared, children are crying, right? So one of the teachers sees me, the one that taught me, says, hey, you know, I think this child, she was in class and then she just felt like something was like pulling her. And what that thing was pulling her, and she started convulsing and doing all those things. So her eyes, her eyes were like, you know, you, all, all you can see was the white part, yet the eyes were open. So obviously something was wrong, right? So, Barno, uh, could you please like pray for us? <laughs> no, 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 it's not something to pray about. Something to speak to. So, but yeah, no, whatever you can do, please, can you do it? That was not my mom there. So, I said, okay, fine. So, I asked, what's her name? Right? And they tell her uh, her name. So, now, it's tense. The students are there. The teachers are here. The principal is out. The deputy is out. The, so, it's tense. So, I said, what's her name? They tell her, they tell her, 
they tell me her name. So I say, I call her by name, right? Uh, let's just, for argument's sake, Prudence, her name. Prudence! Right? So I said that once. Prudence! So everybody's like, looking what's going on. She came back. I said, where were you? She said, no, what? My father was calling me. I said, now, what? What brought you back? He said, because you called me. I said, okay. So I said, do you still hear your father? He said, yeah. So where's he calling you to? So later on, we, we went to their house, right? She was living uh, right in the area. So I took her in my car after, after doing that. I took her in my car and we went into her house, right? In her house, there, were, there was like an outbuilding, out room, and there were like chickens you can't even count. So in there was like some, you know, some juju, those uh, shrines, things like that. So his father was like, a, you know, these witch things, right? So that's where she was hearing the voice, right? So I, I said, you, you still hearing your father? He says, yeah, no, I st I st I'm still hearing my father. So I said, okay. So I touched her, she went to sleep. Now, obviously, there's something going on, right? Right? There's activity going on, right? But how is that activity being dealt with? I gave up a meeting, gave up a pamphlet, no, calm down, calm down. I'm speaking. I said, now in the name of Jesus, come out of it. She came out, she was normal. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We went out, uh, we left. I took them, I took them home. Right? What was going on was something that was in the spirit. Whatever spell, whatever thing that was going on there, right, had captured this girl's spirit. And I promise you, if we had not come there, probably uh, if I was not there, she was probably gonna die. But how has the whole thing turned around? Words. Words. What? A few a few weeks, a few months ago, we sleep it's lele, myself. More twelve. One. Tony call. Ungezi, uga antuaki, my 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 youngest brother. Guy can breathe. Can breathe. Zabaru check out. Right? Is about to, about to die. Can't breathe. Fine. So he couldn't. He couldn't. Couldn't breathe. So uh, my aunt says, "No, Asambe, Asambe." So we come. We come out. We pick up my mother. So we get there. It's twelve o'clock, one o'clock. Like I just woke up. So we get there. You ask about mom. Get some Get some alarm. At the end, I said, "Let's just do." I took him to <laughs> the At first things first, if you look pin. Okay, snap out of it then. I'm going to pay for more. At look pin. My mom was standing there. Oh, no, I'm going to look at they fight. They fight. When we Otherwise, Okay, I'll do my part. And then after you'll do your part. Okay? That in the name of Jesus, live. 
15 minutes later, we were out of that place. Boy was walking, boy was breathing fine, boy was good. What was the difference? The difference between life and death is here. You see, you can cross over. It's simple. The difference between living and dying is this thing. Is what? You see, what you're conscious of will always come out of your mouth. Romans chapter 4. And then we bless this wonderful couple. That's why if you're married, you must, you must consciously schedule timings when you'll tell your wife when you love her. Did you hear what I said? Schedule when you will tell your wife or your husband when you love him or her. Okay. Okay. If not better much. Emotionally, what's going to happen to you? Are you going to continue to smile? Yeah? You're not going to smile, ne? Or change. Yeah? Either you'll be sad, heartbroken, angry, or you'll swear me back. Now, what altered your emotional state? What I said. So if words can provoke chemical reactions and chemical alterations, if, because that's what the psychiatrists say emotions are, right? If words can alter chemical activity, emotional activity, that means words are powerful. That's why you watch motivational speakers. That's why you go and watch motivational speakers, to pump you up. Right? If words can alter the, the, the state of your emotions, that means words can kill or cultivate the emotion of love. So if you say to your wife, I love you, and she's like, <laughs> right? And you stay long enough without saying I love you, what's going to happen to that emotion? You think it will be sustained? It was daily manner, not periodic manner.